am always getting pulled over in Roselle, New Jersey. Can I just say this? I'm always in Roselle because it's on the way to the Gothels Bridge, which mm. is the bridge that I take to go to Brooklyn. And whenever I'm there, I get pulled over. I think they may be looking for some individual that has the same car as mine that may be, you know, on the run and has a family in that area. I don't know. No. Whenever... Wait, are you playing soca music too loud? Are, no. Is your jumping up and down when it should just be stopping? No, let me just say, my rims are not spinning and shining and wiggling around and doing any kind of nonsense. I don't have no light on the bottom of my car, nothing like that, okay? I, I swear you must be blasting soca, and instead of you stopping dead stop, you must be jucking at the stop sign. Not even close. There is no way, there is no way my child would let me do all that stuff in the car, okay? My child would look at me like, ooh, mommy, you're gross, and turn off that Caribbean music. Hello, what a guan, and welcome to Tea and Talk, our podcast for moms where we discuss hot pepper topics, chat with notables, influencers, and share our everyday lives with you each week. We're all native Brooklyn, Caribbean, American moms living in the suburbs and giving you a dose of how we navigate life in the hood, motherhood, sisterhood, childhood, the neighborhood. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you do, like, share, subscribe, and comment. Chip has joined us. Chip, how are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm good. You know, just keep getting pulled over by the cops and having a really bad 2020. How's your 2020 going? Hey, just like everybody else is just trying yeah. to maintain it. Just trying to maintain. And who else do we have on the line? Clay. Good Clay. Night, Clay, how are good. you? Awesome. Oh, great. So we, great, great, great. Yes. Um, you have a, an amazing career. Um, yes, and, I have an amazing career. Um, with a group called the Fushnikins. We uh, gold and platinum uh, albums and uh, did a lot of writing for several other artists. So um, for me, you know, uh, I'm, I'm humbled by that and, and appreciative that, you know, those things happen for a person from, you know, for me, Slapless Brooklyn. Yeah. But then to move forward and create a curriculum that is now being used in colleges and about to be implemented in certain countries across the world, I feel, you know, that there's still more for me to do that, you know, I mean, if these people across the world are are basically tuning in and hearing what's going on and they're understanding that, you know, a black man created this curriculum and it could, it, could, it basically transcends race and they want to use it in their country, then by all means, you know what I mean? So I'm happy yeah. about that. That's amazing. So I have a question. Which countries are you um, getting the curriculum approved in? Uh, Paris, Belgium, Russia, and Germany. Oh, wow. That's amazing. That is amazing. That is amazing. Um, Clay, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm a barber, fitness instructor, mentor, life coach. I know it might all sound the same, but it's different. Uh, <laughs> but out here, you know, just doing what I'm supposed to do in the communities all over the United States. Uh, currently doing, I got this uh, company called The Result. I do a lot of stuff with uh, adults and kids. Mm -hmm. uh, 
showed them different things, and I got a couple of partners. And um, just be in there when I need to be there for anybody call. First, that uh, thank you, Clay and, and uh, Chip, for always being available. They uh, both are, were part of members of our Fatherhood Initiative for Rising Ground. Um, there's ah, a fatherhood okay. group. And so as they have their own individual things that they do, they're always ready and willing to jump in and help within the community, especially their hometown, Brooklyn. And uh, so I just love um, having them as, you know, friends and brothers that I can count on and always jump in to to mentor young men and women. Um, So guys, this is all about young boys and how we mentor them and get them to the next level in life. You know, and considering everything that's happening in America today, um, there are some real, real challenges that they are facing. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think we want to start off by talking to you guys about um, your thoughts on how do you work on helping their confidence uh, through what you do and how do you um, give them more motivation to keep moving on? Because I know that could be very daunting for kids just knowing that, you know, this is that they're treated differently often. Mm. This showed them different things, man. Getting them out of uh, certain environments. Um, today I had over a good 10 kids with me. Uh, we would through New York City, you know, a lot of them got a lot of trauma. Um, even dealing with just police, they got to deal with the gang violence within the community as well. Um, I don't know if you've been tapped in with what's going on in Brooklyn, but like every weekend, there's over 50 to 60 kids always getting shot. I see so that. I got I to gotta tap into them and um, take them to different places and, you know, be that man. You know, that strong man, you know, because everything can't get covered up with money and a nice outfit and some good food. You know, a great conversation always soaking more than all of those things I mentioned. So, um, and also, you know, Chip is out here. He's doing the thing as well. Whenever Diane calls, I know it's serious, so I just pop out. I stop everything that I'm doing. And um, we are people of action, you know, and um, we just do the best we can with what we got and uh, give it what we never had because we never really, we never had nobody, you know, doing what we doing. So we just try to be the best in our communities. That sum it all up. For me is, 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 I think it's all in the approach. And I think that um, as far as our young men go, they have to understand that, I mean, even though we, we're in a position to say, well, you know, um, when you get older, you might you, you might end up being a suspect. The first thing that we have to, to do is actually renew their minds. We don't want them to actually really think that they're going to become suspects. We want them to understand that there's a possibility, first and foremost, and to understand that um, they are people, first and foremost. And, and I don't want I, – I would rather preach to them about not walking around with the fear or just succumbing to what's going on around them, meaning, yes. all right, well, I know if I walk down the block and I look like this, then I'm going to get arrested. I don't want them to feel that way. Right. But I figured if you give them the tools to empower them, you teach them about the law, you have yeah. them, you know, you have them understand, all right, well, there's several re- reasons why you're targeted. You're targeted first and foremost because you're positive. I mean, you're powerful and you're targeted because um, of your color. And there's a certain way that you have to act in within the community. And sometimes these kids don't want to act that way because they feel that they can't be themselves. 
but then you have to show them why people, why would you target a person with their pants below their, their behind? I mean, this is, this is basically, you know, the way in which these people dress in jail. And if you're acting and walking around like that, of course you're going to be looked upon as a suspect. So it's more so about renewing their mind about, you know, how they think about themselves first, first and foremost. And then you try to get to the root of the problem. Sometimes it stems from home. Some of these kids don't have a strong father figure in the home. Sometimes coming to school, they don't see a strong father figure in the schools because nowadays in the school systems, you don't see too many black men. So there's not a lot of people that these kids could actually see themselves in. So, you know, I make it my business that when I'm called to speak to to my kids or call them my kids, that these are the tools I want to empower, you know, within them. A lot of them suffer from low self-esteem. A lot of them suffer from broken homes. So, you know, I have to understand that when I do stand there and speak to them, that at the end of the conversation, I'm going to end up being a father to like 15 brand new kids or, you know, these kids I'm going to have to help mentor. So I think it, believe, I think it first starts with um, understanding who you're speaking to and what they're going through and how you can, you know, um, empower them. Mm, that's great. Great. You know what, Morris, I would love, from a, as a police officer, I would love your thoughts on this as well. Like, how would you, um, how do you talk to kids? To go along, we got to educate our kids into understanding what their, what the law is and what their rights are when dealing with police officers. You know, if it's one thing that's important, if you are an individual that understands what you are allowed to do and what the police officer is allowed to do themselves, you, you, you'll be that much more empowered to know what your rights are and what you can and can't do out there. So that's key. We have to teach our children the law, per se. Uh, there's been numerous occasions where I was on patrol and I'm dealing with individuals. And I remember one young lady telling me, oh, I know my rights. I watch Law & Order. We don't get our law from TV, ma'am. Yeah. We, right. we get it from education, and that's the key. We have to teach our children what their rights are as it relates to Mm -hmm. um, everyday um, society. I am passionate about the school, what we call the mass incarceration. You know, it's a pipeline. And how do we break that pipeline? How do we just try to get our kids off of that path that seems to be so uh, prevalent in our community? I think the biggest problem with that is we all basically know that, you know, once you, you, you let your kids go to school, it's whatever it is that they're being fed in school. So it's more so about understanding the, the, the people that are actually teaching your kids and actually what's being taught to your kids. I think some parents need to step up and talk to certain schools about what needs to be taught because we've been taught the same thing from since when I was in high school. And these kids are getting the same history lessons that don't make any sense right about now. You know what I mean? We're not arming our kids with the proper things. We're not telling them how to form businesses or form companies. We're not telling them about um, account. We're not teaching them about accountability or even opening accounts. You know what I mean? So yeah. we're, we're, we're basically teaching them or helping, helping the system to groom these kids for failure. You know, yeah. within the things that's happening now, when you look at it, sometimes if you, you're working with a troubled student, teachers get to a point when they just be like, yo, I don't want to deal with this kid, and they're past them anyway. 
But that's just that's not even helping them when you have a kid that's out in the real world and can't count or read, and you only did it because you wanted to just make sure you get yourself your check, and this kid is no longer a problem to you. So I think that within the school system, you have to, you know, make sure that there's people there that want to do their job and, you know, consider their job a way of life and not just a nine-to-five. And I just want to echo what uh, Moise said, that we have to teach our children the law, even our young men. With the fatherhood initiative that we worked on, we support fathers as they navigate the child support system, which is broken. Um, yeah, yeah. It was meant to do well, um, but I think it also hurts men um, as they try to figure out fatherhood and navigate the system. So I know that's something that we've passionately worked on, but there's so many different things, you know, that, you know, young boys and young men, mm-hmm. they, they need that mentorship. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we just have to keep pushing forward. Yeah. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I guess, how do we, as women, how should we support our boys and our young men? That's a really good question, because I'm often told by my husband that we baby our boys too much. So that's a really good question, Renee. Mm-hmm. Well, give, give them to a real man, even if you can't find that man in the house, a real stand-up guy that's outside. You know, um, sit down and talk to him about the problems that you have in, and, um, if he's a real man, he's going to, you know, walk his son through things. It's not about talking to the kids. you got to talk to them. It's the difference. You know what I'm saying? That's what the law enforcement do. They talk through them. And, yeah. you know, if they if they go into school and the principal's talking through them, they go home and their parents is talking through them, their law enforcement is talking through them, they just need somebody to talk to them. And, and that's the thing. Some people, they, they be feeling like they never was kids. You know, certain things you gotta smooth it out. Like if you know a kid doing bad, and you know he at he at his highest point, start talking about the speakers. Talk about the speakers. Like, yo, those are the dudes, such and such. Why are you acting like that? And he, you know, he go, he get to looking at his speakers or whatever he got on to take his mind off of what's going on. And then later on, you can build. And then later on, yeah. you will understand why he was upset. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. they take on so much. Yeah. The same yeah. way, if for young woman. Is acting a certain way. They say, "Oh, she's on her menstrual," or you know, somebody like you know, everybody have an excuse, but nobody got an excuse for the young black man. So mm. there's really no excuse. We just gotta be there for them. We gotta know how to deal with them. Yeah. Okay. And just to echo Renee, it's what what is it that we can do as women to support uh, mentorship for males? I think that um. Uh, when it comes to supporting mentorships, when men go out there and say that they are willing to mentorship or to mentor men, a lot of people are afraid of that narrative one time because they they see, oh, okay, well, now they're getting their act together first and foremost. So even if you bring it to certain schools, certain schools won't listen. But if you notice that anytime a situation comes about when a woman steps in and says, I need, a man needs to be mentored, things move a lot smoother. Mm. Because I could walk down the block and say, well, you know something? I would like to start a, a, a mentorship program in the basement of this building. There'd be 10 or 11 tenants who would say, you know something? I don't even think that's going to work. Because it's men coming together and a man is handling it. Mm. 
But if a woman says, you know something, I think it would be a beautiful idea if we did something for for um, men that have problems or whatever in the basement of this building and we could, you know, help the community out, automatically they're, they're looking at it in, 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 with a different set of eyes. And, and, and it's it's problematic, you know what I mean? But I'm understanding that if that's the way in which things are working right now, uh, we need to start to put together groups where, you know, there's women that are involved in mentorship also and, and would, would want to stand on the front line with men as much. Yeah, I just wanted to quote what Ruth Bader Ginsburg said to your point is that women sh- should be in the room where every decision is being made. So I think to your point, Chip, I think it's important for us to always remember that when we are building, even if it's something like this, that we should always have women involved, particularly black women, because we are head of household very often. And we are still looking for male men to help us, even if we are head of household and if we are the only um, parent in the house, we are looking Mm -hmm. for strong men to lead our boys. You know, it's very rarely like, oh, we don't want any men in their lives. We want the men to be there. So I think it's important for us to work together. And if they can get the door kicked down, then let them kick the door down, you know? Yeah. Agreed. Well, please always know that, you know, that I can speak for myself and I'm sure uh, Colette and Ruth and Renee, that we're always available to help um, to get the foot in the door for mentorship programs. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. A lot of these people, you know, a lot of people in general general have misplaced anger and that that hinders us from doing what we have to do for each other. Yeah. So I think that we um, need to come together and work together when it comes to these, these mentorship programs. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know if it makes anybody feel better, but I spent a lot of time on the baseball field with a lot of white people, and nobody argues like white people over their kids when they're divorced. I mean, I've seen <laughs> real doozies where the women are on there cussing out the fathers, the fathers are coaching, and the kids are like in the middle. Um, I think when you're not together as a family unit, it is always presents a challenge when it comes to yeah. raising our kids. But if we keep our minds set on making sure that these kids build them up, and get them mm-hmm. to do better than us. Like I always look at my child and say, I want him to do better than I did because my mother wanted right. him to do better than me. And um, let's keep looking at that and just focusing on what the, 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 the job at hand instead of arguing with each other over what agree. has to get done. It's crazy. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I definitely agree. Great question, Renee. And Moise, I would love to hear your take too on some of this. All right, yes, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with them, them more. They are spot on on what they're saying. And just to chime in also, you know, the, the, the police departments, they do have mentorships for young African-American males, you know, for them to see, um, you know, men who look like them doing the job of individuals that they would probably be fearful of and realize that, there are compassionate individuals, especially individuals who came from where they're from, you know, because not everyone came from a good home and became police officers. There's police officers from all walks of life. So for them yeah. to see that, that could be inspiring as well, you know. But for me, I, I, I'm from a family, I'm the only police officer in my family. And the idea of me becoming a police officer kind of floored everybody. But you know, here it is 28 years later, and it's been a great experience, and I wouldn't change it for the world. But I do see the dark side of the job from time to time. And, it, and it's very difficult, but I try to show that not all of us um, wear the, the badge in an inappropriate manner. There are some in, 
um, honorable individuals who walk in this uniform as well. Yeah, and probably uh, more than we all know because the news just kind of highlights the challenges, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, 2020, the election's coming up. We're looking into like, there's a virus. There's all kinds of craziness that has happened in this year that we're hoping will be better for next year. I would love to hear each one of you just give me your vision for what next year looks like for us as black people. And then what the rest of what, you know, what you wish for our people for the future. Uh, for me, I think that um, honestly, this year has been put on pause and I, on a spiritual level, I just think that God put it on pause. I'm not even blaming anything on COVID because you know, sometimes people need to sit still. And I think that we've just been running. And yeah. um, so I just Sorry. think that um, right now at this point in time, we, we just need to really work on ourselves and be as um, careful as, as possible because we have to understand that when things really fall back into place or the brand new norm happens, when we're dealing with people, we're not even dealing with the same people that we actually knew from before. When yeah. you just step back into the classrooms and things get right, a lot of these kids are going to be suffering from uh, suffering from a lot of stuff, and they're not going to want to hear the regular okie doke that teachers may feel may work for them. So mm -hmm. I think at this particular point in time, we need to prepare ourselves. Um, you know, I see a lot of people just jumping on this whole health kick thing, and I mean, you know, I think a lot of people now are understanding how important health is because of the amount of people that passed away from. Um, from, you know, simple things that they could have uh, taken care of, you know, even with regular doctor's visits, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At this particular point in time, I just, I'm hoping that, you know, when we step into the new year, you know, everybody, I mean, my people, colored people, people of color would be in a different mindset and would more so love on each other, you know what I mean? Because yeah. even though this COVID thing was happening, I still saw a lot of love when it came to people sharing. There was people that didn't have much, you know, and, you know, you started seeing people that had, you know, at least around me, were sharing what they had with each other. So I just hope that moving forward that these people just understand that that's the mindset to have when it comes to, to, to doing for your own, you know, doing for your people. Yeah. Yeah. Clay? Yeah. Um, basically, my main job right now is just to focus on the youth and um, show them a better way and um, tap into their mindset because they always think it. Sometimes, you know, they think outside of the box, but they vision as they vision and um, help them with their vision because they can make it tomorrow a better day. Yeah. So, um, just focus on the youth because they got the power, man. They the ones that do it on the fast texting, yeah. streaming and all that. And they got a lot of control and let them know that they can control the future. Once you let them know that they can do it and you give them that boost, mm -hmm. they're going to bring you right along the way. You know, it's, I agree. The minute you kill their dream, they like, man, I ain't messing with this old guy mm. or old man or old mm. woman, you know. So um, just show them the, you know. Show them, give them, them a path. Show them, yeah. Give them a path, you know? yeah, to create their it vision. It ain't about us no more. It's about them. You know? Yeah. So, and nobody and, tapping into the, the kids. Everybody's tapping into the adults. Yeah. And then everybody telling all these old stories and watching verses and all that, like, I can't save us right now. We need to move forward. You know, we got to learn to move forward. Stop looking backwards because we're going to keep tripping. You know, and, and drop all the old grudges and just leave it alone and be able to help each other. Because you have a lot of families that's not speaking about something that happened back in 
early 2000s and they get over it, but they could get along with a friend that's been doing them grimy forever. So, you know, we got to work on relations. You know, everybody talk about money and this, that, and the third. We got to work on relations, communication. Mm. You know, we always on, you know, connected with these um, websites, social media websites, but, we, you know, we got to learn to be social with people within our house and in our circle instead of just looking at an Instagram or Facebook and thinking somebody's all right. That clothes mm. and that, that material thing is just a bad day. Everybody's fronting. Everybody hurt the same way through COVID. So, and, yeah. and through the, the, uh, the, the gun violence out there here in the community. So we just got to come together and everybody just got to know their role. That's all. Yeah. 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 Facts. And Moise? Um, well, both of my brothers uh, spoke very, I, I completely agree with them. I, I, I'm looking at this whole situation as a, a way that um, God is kind of putting a reset. He's pressing the reset button on on what's going on. Yeah, I agree. World. I agree. Yeah. And, you know, he's, and just uh, my, my brother used the word pause. I couldn't really agree with it more. I think my, my what I'm looking for in these next few months, couple of years, is that we as Americans will will realize that this political experiment that we we tried to play, or those who who who, who voted for this individual tried to play these last four years, realize that we need to get our act together. I think what I what I would like to see with our youth is that we teach them about uh, developing skills outside of just making a buck financially. Mm. I think society today has become too dependent on money, making money. We haven't developed the skills that we've had like with our hands, growing, cultivating the earth. Um, Yeah. All the kids now want to do gaming. They want to do gaming and coding. Exactly. I'm like, go to the garden. The parents parents get them all of that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Put it ahead. That's the brand new babysitter. So I think it's time that we, we take our, our children and take them out to the yard and, you know, yeah. try to build, grow a garden or yep. take them to the shed and show them how to build furniture or something yeah, like that. Life, so great life. Teach, yeah. Teaching skills because we've become too so dependent on the dollar. We, we, in a way, we should go back to the way things were before money came about where we could trade with each other. My brother Clay talked about social. What better way to be social with each other when we could exchange things that we have, certain gifts that we have with each other. That would be the greatest way to socialize with each other when I could give you something that I have. And you can Agree. You Agree. Have, you know? so, so for me, with, with my grandson, that's what I'm going to try to teach him or my nieces and nephews. That's what I'm going to try to mm-hmm. teach him. To learn yeah. things to do with your hands certain skills that you could use outside of just making money off of them, but you could use them to, to gain trade and barter with other yeah. people and at the same time socialize. Yeah, I love that. That is so true. Teach them how to do more than just, you know, give them cooking. Cooking, you know. Cooking skills. Oh, I'm yeah. teaching my son photography right now. Like yeah. just different things yeah. to get them right. to more, to get them and, to experience more. 
and mm-hmm. it does, it's not about just making money off of it. You know, yeah. music as a, a trade or, you know, a skill to like, you, you could build a bench. Hey, I'll, I'll take pictures for you at your event if you could just build this chair for me that I'm looking for. You know, things like that. It's, yeah. It's yeah. pride in having, in doing something with their, with their own hands. Or exactly. Yes. And Renee is very a, good at that. Yeah. We have a garden. Yeah. We have a garden and we grew like all of our vegetables all summer. Like, like Renee, did you even have to go to the supermarket this year? Like, I feel like you have everything growing back there. We definitely, we, we did a good job. All of our, our all our green, uh, green vegetables all summer were all from the garden. I was waiting for the chickens. I was like, she's going to put some chickens back. Chicken cooking. smell. No, no. Yeah. My, my father grows chickens in Jamaica and they stink. Well, listen, I think all animals stink, but I do like a good chicken egg, you know? Um, You want that coop. You got to clean out the chicken coop regularly. Yeah, that's nasty. That's nasty, though. To have it in our, like, little small areas is hard. I've seen... When I was home shopping out here, they had a couple of homes. Um, I think a couple of like cultures, they have chicken coops in their yard. And I was like, as soon as we walked in, I'm like, oh, let's go. As soon as I see that coop, you could smell it before you see it. It's so true. You know what? Thank you guys so much. This was wonderful. I thought it was nice to have you guys on. Nice to see you. Thanks for having me. Yes. No, thank you. Thanks for for joining us. Thank you, you. and nice, diverse conversation. Thank you, and we look forward to having another conversation with you again when anything new is coming up on your your groups and your organizations. Please come and let us know. We're happy to share it with our group, okay? No problem. Guys, well, thank you. This was our first man bush. Thank you for coming on, and we look forward to the next one. You guys take care and have a good night. It's all about the sauce. The sauce, the sauce. Boy, come and taste the sauce. The sauce, the sauce. She won't give you junk food. I will give you sauce. She will give you. Thank you for listening to Tea and Talk. If you like what you heard, please like, share, subscribe, and comment. Until next time. When she give you subway, I will give you saltfish. We Caribbean girls are trendsetter. We wind it up. We wind it up. When you find ways like you find treasure, we wind better, we wind better. Cause everybody know we are go-getter. We wind better, we wind better. And we sweet like a dozen love a letter. We wind better.